are listening to Nathan on Writing, a show where we talk to authors, publishers and other industry professionals about how to get the most out of your writing and how to get your manuscript off the ground. And on today's show, we have Eric Leland. He's author of Inhuman. It's his debut novel, and he's here today to talk to us about his publishing journey. Uh, hello, Eric. Hi, Nathan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Thanks for coming. Uh, so tell us about your book, Inhuman. So Inhuman is a, uh, a military-themed supernatural thriller slash horror taking place during the backdrop of the Vietnam War. So my wife was born in a refugee camp shortly after the Vietnam War ended and spent her first couple of lives, or first couple of years of her life there. And uh, the, the horror of her first couple of years of life, you know, when she was telling me what happened, there's a character in the book named Jaren and my wife's experience is just kind of funneled through her, you know? So there's, I was in the military, I was in the US Army. And uh, so, and my, my father was in Vietnam so a lot of our, you know, shared combat experiences and my wife was in the army. A lot of those experiences are just kind of like fed directly into the book. Yeah. So that's where the horror comes from. Okay. So yeah. So based on life experience and kind of fictionalized. That's, uh, that's amazing. So, uh, and this is your first book. How long have you been writing for? Uh, I started learning to write in 2012. I was reading a, a Game of Thrones book, and uh, one of my favorite characters died, and I, I threw the book against the wall. I, I couldn't believe I was that upset Wait, which from one? a book. Ned Stark? Um, oh, which character? Yeah. Oh, Joffrey. Oh, jo oh Joffrey. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> kidding. I was going to say that. <laughs> it was the Red Wedding. Oh. And, uh, yeah. I just, I, I remember I was in Philadelphia. I remember exactly where I was. I was in a hotel room and I threw the book against the wall and I was like, I want to do that to people. <laughs> you know? So, so I started learning how to write. You know, I do what a lot of people do. I, I looked on YouTube, I listened to podcasts and uh, it was just kind of this big jumble of information. I had the information. I just didn't know what to do with it. And that's kind of what led me into saw an ad for Southern New Hampshire University. They were offering a, a master's. They also had an MFA program, but a master's in creative writing with a focus on fiction. I signed up. I didn't have time to do the MFA, um, but I did the MA. And then as as I was going through there, uh, a lot a lot of the information I picked up from free sources, it started clicking. And so the first book I started learning how to write without having an education or anything, like I was saying, that was a cataclysmic failure. But you know, it informed the second book. It seems to be doing okay. Yeah, good. So how, obviously, the, the thing I've been learning on my journey is that writing the book is kind of not the whole thing, it's the first thing. And then you've got this whole wide world afterwards of publishing and yeah. marketing. So uh, how, how time intensive would you say the, the publishing part of it or every, every aspect of it take away the writing? Well, yeah, so I think you're right. Yeah, writing the book is definitely the easy part, isn't it? You know, I think the first time you self-publish, there's going to be a learning curve, yeah. you know, so you have to learn how the different publishing sites, you know, you have to learn how to format your book. You have to learn what advertisements are available, what marketing strategies are available. All that combined with, you know, learning how KDP works, learning, I guess, researching who my target demographic is and where they congregate online. Um, I'd say four to five hours a day just spent on 
that type of research for about a week, maybe two. But, you know, it's a it's a living, breathing process. So you can learn how KDP works, and then you'll have to move on to your market research, which is a lot more difficult. You know, who who wants to buy my, buy my book? And the weird thing I, that I'm learning now is that apparently my book does really well with women. And I was not expecting that at all. I, I okay. very much thought to myself, I'm writing for a male audience, um, primarily veterans and military. But my editor said she really liked it. And, you know, not just because I was paying her to say that, you know. Yeah. So um, this kind of goes into another point with with market research and publicity. You know, I was talking to so segueing into, you know, the different aspects of self-publishing, you have to you have to market yourself. So what I did, um, I, I very quickly learned that I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to marketing, but I do have experience in, in building teams for other projects. So I knew that I'm going to have to find experts, which is why, you know, I went with professional editor, you know, she works in a, in a publishing house uh, or an imprint, but she does freelance on the side. Uh, so I thought I'll use the same approach to publicity and getting my book out there and bringing it to market. So I went to a publicity company and even the publicist was telling me, you know, she had, she was essentially forced to read the book when she took me on as a client, but she said she enjoyed it. But it, due to the cover, even my publicist said it's an intimidating cover and she wouldn't have picked it up unless she was forced to you know, for taking me on as a client. And so that was a the specific question I had for my publicist, getting back to the point, is that I told her, you know, my book seems to be doing pretty well with a female audience. How do I reconcile that? And so that's where the, the, the you know, her expertise comes in. You know, she knows how to reach out to the people who are going to be talking about the book, tweak the pitch so that people will actually pick it up and not be, you know, quote unquote, intimidated by the cover. Yeah, so a bit of building the team really helped having, you know, having industry experts kind of support you. What made you decide to self-publish? Did you always want to self-publish or did you just happen to fall into it? Going back to the beginning, you know, I, I think we all had this romantic idea, you know, going with a traditional publishing route. And that, that was kind of where I was at. And then um, I live in Seattle now, but I used to live near Atlanta, Georgia, and that's where they have Dragon Con, the sci-fi fantasy convention. Uh, and I sat in on a whole bunch of panels uh, for about three years straight. And I met this author. He was on a panel. He was self-publishing like four books a year, you know, making a six-figure income. And he very adamant, like, you can make a living self-publishing. And after, after the panel, it was kind of enough to just sit with me and talk for a little bit. And he recommended a book. I think it was uh, Write, Publish, Repeat. So I, I, you know, I read that. And then that's when the self-publishing thing started seeming like a more vital option. And then uh, when I wrote my manuscript, and, and well, Dragon is actually where I met my editor as well. I gave final manuscript back and I went through it. Uh, you know, my, my final word count was sitting at 155,000 words. Wow. And... You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, but you know, for the for the people who might not know or who are just starting their writing career, for a debut novelist, if you go over eighty thousand, like that's that's poison for a publishing house. You yeah. know what I mean? I was trying to reconcile that with my editor, and she's like, "It's just a good story, so I don't even know what to cut." So I'm like, "Well, you know, I was thinking back about thinking back about Dragon Con and you know what that author had said." I, well, you know, I guess I could just not cut anything and let people read it if they want. You know, if they want to, if they want to take the time to invest in such a long book, I'll just put it up on Amazon. So that's that's why I decided to self-publish for this book because I was 
I was really happy with the story and you might, you know, my beta readers are really happy with the story. So I just figured I'd let it ride on, on Amazon. All right. Excellent. Um, are you, are you planning to stay self-published? So with your next book, or are you going to try and approach a traditional one in the future? I don't know if, I guess I like writing longer books. If Inhuman does well and I'm approached by somebody who wants it, or if they want the next book in the series, so, you know, I've, I've already plotted out the next two books in, in, in the series. If the first book does well and somebody wants books two and three, then yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll, I'll go the traditional publishing route. But if not, it's not really a big deal to me. No big deal. Um, I kind of like being in charge of everything and not having, you know, deadlines. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Deadlines, I think deadlines are good. And I think consequences are good. And I'm, I never liked having complete total freedom when it comes to writing anyway. Um, I actually write better under restrictions, you know, so yeah, I, yeah. I give myself, I give myself 10 pages uh, to write a chapter. If anything goes longer than 10, you know, I cut it down. I, I look for things to cut. So yeah, so I, self-imposed deadlines are good, but you know, like I like, I like being my own boss to, you know, just have that wiggle room. So I don't know if I'll, stay self-published or traditionally published um you, you said about your um your editor uh, how helpful you found it what advice would you give to someone before they submitted their work to an editor what do you think would give them the biggest boost when i met my editor you know like i said she works for an imprint so and, and she was teaching um some of the, the classes in these writing workshops that i was taking at dragon con and just you know knowing that she was a professional in the industry kind of made me want to submit my best possible product to her before she took me on as a client that was a mistake because i wasted a lot of time you know the the things that i thought were going to be you know just killer were ended up being cut you know mm -hmm. i've you know, it's it, like I said, it's 155,000 words. And I think the stuff that I had written, I probably cut 50 to 60,000 words. And that's okay. almost a book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is, yeah. So, so, you know, take, take, I guess, take your, take yourself out of your own head and you know, talk with the editor. And I, I'd say, instead of trying to make the best draft that you can to submit to them, I would say, Think really hard about what your goals are in the manuscript. What are you trying? What's your message? What are you trying to say? If you front load that information and communicate that with the editor, it almost really doesn't matter what the draft looks like. That editor, you know, after seeing thousands of manuscripts previously, they're going to have the experience to say, you know, you should go this direction or keep going the path that you're going. Or, you know, I like this. I don't like this. You know, these these are going to be the steps to accomplish the goal that you want to accomplish. So. Yeah, definitely think hard about what you want to accomplish, what your goal for the book is, and then communicate that to the editor. And don't worry about the poetic prose. <laughs> you know? Yeah, what I ended up doing was I wrote, I ended up writing notes in the manuscript to the editor as Chantel. So Chantel Amy Osmond is, is my editor. But, um, you know, as, as she was going through, she'd hit the notes because my notes would be like, I don't know where I want to go here. And then she would offer suggestions. Awesome. So the way the way my editing process worked between Chantel and I, I submitted my manuscript and she in, in the beginning, she gave me what's called a read only report where she would she would read the manuscript and, and she would give me uh, I think it was four or five pages of notes. And it went chapter by chapter, you know, saying this is great or, you know, this isn't so great. And, you know, I say isn't so great. I mean, I love Chantel because she's brutal. Like <laughs> she, does, she doesn't mess around, you know, and she's like, this is horrible. Cut this, you know, replace this. 
And, and that's another thing. Um, if you don't have thick skin, learn to separate yourself from the manuscript because the people, it will be criticized. Yeah. And if yeah. it's not criticized in the editing stage, it will be criticized when you bring it to market. Yeah. So, you know, would you rather have one person criticizing your work or would you rather have the world, you know, criticize you? So um, learn, learn to take criticism. Yeah. Did I answer your question? I'm sorry. Yeah. I rambled. Okay. Yeah, you answered it. That's why I write long books, man. <laughs> you released it on audiobook, I believe, or you've produced an audiobook. So, yeah. So that's in the work. Um, I have, uh, so I, I researched how to, um, so essentially uh, I just went on uh, ACX. That's, you know, audible. I just read their, uh, read their information page on, on how to, how, how to get a, a narrator essentially. So you can either audition, um, you, you know, you go through and they have, they have thousands of people who have submitted uh, little snippets, yeah. you know, that you can listen to their different, you know, their voices, you know, for different uh, genres. So thrillers, horrors, romances, they all have, you know, this different tone that they use. And, and there's, there's really talented voice actors out there. So you can either put a audition up on ACX or you can hire a voice actor directly or you can reach out to them and, and make them an offer. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple different ways you can pay for that. Some of them are, you know, some, some voice actors will take royalties. Others will take per finished hour that they'll quote you by. It's either, you know, $100 to $200 per finished hour or $200 400 per finished hour. I met this guy, or not met this guy, but um, I just through the auditions, I... I found this voice actor, uh, Tim Campbell. And instead of going through ACX, I just, I reached out to him via his website, asked essentially the email just essentially said, hi, you know, I have this project, it's 155,000 words because the voice actor needs to know how long it's gonna be. So it's kind of like almost pitching to a, you know, an agent or, or an editor. And uh, I, you know, I just asked him if he would, you know, be interested in doing it. And uh, so we talked, I sent him the manuscript, says, hey, it looks great, um, I'll get to it. And so he's, it, it's in production now, It's it's, um, looking like maybe April, maybe June. Uh, so that's that's really the process I went through. I just reached out to a voice actor directly. Okay, and that, that will be released on Audible, I imagine, yeah. Yeah, so he'll, he, him and his uh, production company will produce it. They'll send it to me for review. And if, you know, if there's any changes to be made, they'll let him know. But if not, then yeah, just he, he sends me the files and I upload them to ACX. I should imagine it would be a pretty uh, strange experience listening to someone else read your book to you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah. And, but he, you know, when I was listening to his, his different snippets, he's got this really like cool thriller voice. It's, it's hard to explain because, you know, I, I can't do it. I, I would definitely say like, go, go to Tim Campbell's website and listen to the, the little snippets he's got available. And it's just the range that he's got. I listened to the, you know, the thriller sample. I was like, yeah, that's my guy. Yeah. <laughs> Are you writing full time at the moment or is it a side gig while you do a, another job? Yes and no. Yes, I consider myself a full time writer. I do have other jobs. So I don't want to sound pretentious and say like, I'm, you know, some type of entrepreneur for the past, well, 11, 12 years now, I've been investing in real estate. So like my rental properties are, you know, my pillars of income. Right. And that just allows me the, the freedom to focus on writing. What advice would you give for someone to grow their author platform, getting your name out there, growing your, growing your brand essentially as a writer? Yeah. I, you know, I, this is all new to me too. And, yeah. you know, I, I wish I had all the answers and I don't, but you know, I, cause I'm still learning the podcast. If you're not, if you're a, if you're a 
a writer, if you're learning how to write, I don't want to say aspiring because, you know, if you're writing, you're a writer. But um, if you're not listening to the podcast, Writing Excuses, I think you're doing yourself a great disservice. That's uh, Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Howard Taylor, and Mary Robinette Kowal. Great podcast to listen to. And their most recent season, and, you know, serendipitous for me, uh, they talk specifically about growing your brand or branding yourself. So the the information there was to, or the advice there was to decide whether or not you want to brand your books or brand yourself as the author. I like writing thrillers and horrors, but I just, I just had this desire to write this transgressive romance, you know, and I would, I would like to be able to jump genres if, if I wanted to. Yeah. So I would like to be kind of a reclusive person and just kind of publish books and hope people that hope people would read them. Um, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. And just going back around to the information from writing excuses, if, if I want people to read the books that I write, I'm going to have to brand myself instead of the books that I write, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Because people are going to want to, you know, if, if people don't like me, as the writer or whoever I am as a person, they're not going to read my books anyway. What I've been focusing on is going to these little, you know, all these little Facebook groups and using, using the information that I've learned, you know, since 2012, since I've been learning how to write um, and just, well, I think that's where you and I met, you know, the authors helping authors and writers helping each other. And when people have questions, you know, I, I try to answer them without being prescriptive, like telling them how to write their book, you know, like being supportive and giving, sharing the information that I've learned. Cause you know, not everybody has been listening to all these podcasts and watching all these videos. Some people are where, you know, you and I were, when we're just starting to learn how to write. And it, it is really learning from a fire hydrant when, you know, when you just start looking on, on YouTube and podcasts and just taking all this information in. So if I can be if I can be the person that helps someone make that information click and be like, now I understand character building. Now I understand world building. Now I understand plot structure. If I can be that person just kind of like makes it click for another person, I think they'll remember that. So I'd rather brand myself as a helpful author and just, you know, all around nice guy than than. So I would rather brand myself as that than to brand my books. You know what I mean? You know, to I guess to to shortly answer your question, figure out who you want to be, figure out what part of your writing career you want to brand, and then laser focus on that. Okay, thank you very much. And um, lastly, what have we got lined up in the future from you? What what's coming next? Is it the um the sequel to your Inhuman? Yeah. So uh, Inhuman. Well, part two, I haven't really come up with a name for it yet. I've been really into uh, cosmic horror. Inhuman deals with very much Christian themes and, and um, shamanism. And, you know, I like those. I like being able to play with the demons and, you know, like have, have this ambiguous, you know, I like, I, like, I like the conflict of people questioning their faith. Because, you know, in wartime, you take a, you know, a person who's very religious and there's sometimes they can see a lot of things that just punches holes in their faith. So I like that conflict. But I really wanted to do something dealing with cosmic horror. So, I, you know, Inhuman 2 is going to deal more with like Lovecraftian, Thomas Ligotti type stuff. And then I, you know, with like pessimist undertones. But at the same time, I really like the Divine Comedy and that, you know, a lot of authors do their own versions of like Dante's Inferno. 
so I'm kind of conflicted. I I don't know if I want to do cosmic horror or you know more Christian themes. Yeah, but then I've also got this transgressive romance that I really want to write. It's just kind of like burning my fingers. I just want to write it. Yeah. So hopefully I can write an eighty thousand word novel sometime instead of a hundred and fifty five thousand word novel. Okay, thank you for coming on. Um, for, and this this is my debut podcast as well. So I really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk. Oh, to me. great. And well, I'm, I'm sorry if I had to be your first. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you've, you've made it very easy. And I will put the link to your book in human. It's free if you're a Kindle Unlimited subscriber. Go and read Eric's book. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Happy reading Thank and you. writing.